Happy Friday, Broncos country. It's Tim Lynch here with Chris Hart. Uh, we're going to wrap the week up with another draft profile on the Mile High Broncos podcast with Fans First Sports Network. Uh, we're going to be covering South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush. He's uh, 6'2", 198 pounds. He ran a blazing fast 4'3", 640. Um, he's got 9.5-inch hands, uh, and he had a vertical of 35 inches and a broad jump of 10, 10 feet 1 inch. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Darius Rush, Chris? Sure. Uh, you know, cornerback's one of those positions that's not necessarily the highest need on the Broncos' uh, team entering the draft. But let's consider a situation where Patrick Sertan, our elite corner, or Damari Mathis, our other slated boundary corner, were to go down with injury. I can't even think off the top of my head who would replace them. We've got the same Bassey back as a reserve corner who's a nickelback that's backing up K1 Williams, but I can't even think of another corner behind those guys and Mathis and Sertan on the boundary, which makes me believe that somewhere in this draft, knowing George Payton has a history, whether it was with the Vikings or with the Broncos taking corners, they just might go and get one. And, uh, Resident uh, writer from Mile High Report, uh, Scotty Payne, ended up doing a profile here on Darius Rush coming out of South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina has a history of putting quality defensive backs into the NFL. Uh, the, probably the top one that comes to mind is Stephon Gilmore, who's been a perennial All-Pro player and probably borderline Hall of Fame player. Uh, there's a lot to like about Darius Rush. I mean, at six foot two, 200 pounds, he's got elite size. He's got elite length. His production actually isn't all too bad um, in his time at, with the Gamecocks. He's basically a two-year starter. He's only played in 29 career games. He had missed uh, a lot of time uh, over the years due to injury. He had an unspecified major injury in 2019, and he's had a shoulder injury as well and a, a, a knee injury. Uh, so the injury history is definitely a cause for concern. But when he did play, he wasn't too bad. Um, you know, he showed a willingness in the run game, being a, a guy that big and that physical. Uh, you know, had 75 total tackles, five tackles for loss, a uh, couple sacks as a blitzer. He's a big, physical, imposing guy off the, you know, the boundary coming off on those delayed blitzes, surprise blitzes, which isn't too bad. Uh, you know, he's a former wide receiver, so he has really good ball skills. Uh, really good hand-eye coordination. You know, in two years as a starter, he did defend 15 passes, batted the ball away quite a bit, and took away uh, five interceptions, uh, which is pretty good. Um, some concerns with him, I guess, though, is, you know, he's not that fluid um, in man coverage when we talk about mixing and matching principles and staying with receivers down the field. Uh, he kind of struggles in that regard. So if he doesn't get his big length and his big hands and his – impose that physical nature on him right away. He kind of tends to let those wide receivers slip away down the field. Uh, so that's a big concern considering Vance Joseph primarily runs a physical man coverage defense that requires receivers to be able to have that ability to stick with the receivers down the field. Um, you know, I'd see him as a guy who's got good length speed. You know, he ran that four, three, six. That was really good testing at the combine. One of the better, you know, overall cornerbacks in this class that tested, but I don't think he's going to come in right away and uh, make an impact as a rookie playing meaningful snaps. 
I think that he's more of a two to three year project who would come in right away and make an impact on special teams, um, you know, return units, gunning units, et cetera. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's a lot to like, but there's some concern there with being a good fit for the Broncos and having that profile to really stick with receivers and man coverage. Yeah, and cornerback is something that the Broncos need to look at, especially on the outside. Um, they need some depth there. Uh, having Patrick Sertain is just a luxury. It's awesome that they, you know, I, I don't have any regrets to them drafting him uh, no, over no. some of the other quarterbacks. I, I don't think, I think he's the actual heir to Champ Bailey and will become a legend in, in Broncos history when he's all right. said and done. So. But they, yeah. they need they need depth. They need people that can play outside, um, especially with uh, oh, Darby leaving. So, you know, right, it's just in that third fourth round range. Um, there, I don't think there's going to be any cornerbacks that are going to really excite you um, per se. Everybody's going to have issues that you're going to be concerned about. It's just going to be a matter of who who's going to actually work out. In, in the NFL. So I would take athleticism over most things because that translates in the NFL better. Um, but I think before we started the podcast, you had mentioned that, you know, despite the, the, the combine results of the fourth, four, three, seven speed, it, it doesn't really show up on tape uh, for, for Darius rush. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure what, what to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and, and some players out there, and I mean, obviously this guy's a better football player and better athlete than I could ever dream of being, but, you know, there are guys who test really good in shorts uh, who put up phenomenal numbers on the combine but don't necessarily translate that to what's seen on the field, and, and he's one of them. Um, and I know that we have a, a another draft report coming up on Mile High Report this week from Doc LLV. Uh, our resident expert of words, she's actually doing a profile on his teammate at South Carolina, Cam Smith, who is definitely the better player uh, and someone I would actually be more apt to see the Broncos pick if they were going to go route of corner uh, early in the draft. I think that he's probably going to be in that top 75 range where the Broncos are picking. But, uh, you know, Darius Rush, I mean, the, the big flag for me, with him and probably most teams is, you know, he missed basically two years of his collegiate career due to injury. And the draft is always a gamble. And I'm one of those people when it comes to evaluating prospects and whatnot, a laundry list of serious injuries that kept someone out that long, you know, you probably, you don't want to, think that it's going to happen in the pros, but if you can't stay healthy in college, it's probably to be expected that you're not going to be available that much in the pros. And I wish him the best of luck. I hope Darius Rush has a long career and proves anything that I said in this podcast here with Tim Lynch tonight wrong. But I just don't think that he's worth the Broncos considering in the third round. I won't even touch him in the fourth round with the injury history. But maybe if they were looking for someone who has those developmental qualities to, you know, eventually potentially start down the road, fifth, sixth round or whatnot. But given all the injuries and the past with that, uh, it's just someone that I'm not interested in them taking a look at that. Uh, that sincere of a look at early on with their top 
picks in the third and fourth round. Yeah, and, and also given the Broncos' history with third-round cornerbacks, <laughs> you know, hopefully that changes under George Payton and Sean Payton, but we'll have to wait to see. Um, I don't want to have Brendan Langley flashbacks. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a, a wide receiver convert to cornerback who literally in his pre-draft press conference was like, I'm just not sure, you know, it's kind of hard, like, learning to run backwards. You took that guy in the third round. Like, are you kidding me, John Elway? I mean, it's, that it's was one the of those first. Things. That was the first guy I thought of when you said uh, Darius Rush could, had played wide receiver. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, he didn't! You didn't just say he played wide receiver." Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not here to you know be against Brendan Langley or anything like that. But it's just like, I mean, I have no idea what. I mean, a lot of us feel the that Broncos way about were thinking. Of, I, a lot of us have that feeling about Elway and his some of his picks. It's like, what what were you thinking? But yeah, you know, I mean, it's a new we're era. all thankful. Yeah, we're all, we're all thankful for what John Elway had done as a player. All Absolutely. of us, when we were growing up, the, the memories of him, the mile high memories, the ninety seven, ninety eight season, the back and the Peyton Super years, and, you know, and, and him, you know, and that's one of the things. I mean, this is definitely a divergence from our draft discourse here. But if John Elway was not general manager of the Denver Broncos and wasn't in the position that he was with the franchise, Peyton Manning doesn't come here. Peyton Manning, in my opinion, came to the Broncos because he saw John Elway, who, you know, John had a lot of injuries. He had gotten beaten up or whatnot. But at the twilight of his career and his old age, in those old days, he was still a productive player that ended up winning two Super Bowls. So what better mentor, what better, you know, annals of history to follow and and, and worked out for Peyton. We went to two Super Bowls and he won one of them. You know, we don't like talking about that Seahawks uh, 43 to 8 beatdown. Oh, man. or the 49ers 55 to 10 beat down in 90. I was a kid then, so trust me. I, I was barely born, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, you know. I mean, it's, I mean, you love John Elway, the player, but the, those some of those GM picks, I, I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, but I mean, Peyton Manning retired the same way John Elway did atop the mountain. So, no, yeah. that all worked out. It's just, it's unfortunate Elway from 2016 to 2021, you know. He tried, you know, he just, it didn't work out. And I don't think that tarnishes his legacy at all. You know, seven Super Bowls during his watch, three championships. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the Brendan Langley pick, I think we were all like, what? (laughs) The Brendan Langley pick reminds me of, okay, we can, we can, this is really dialing back the clock for all the listeners out there who love the Broncos, love the NFL draft. A long time ago when Mike Shanahan was head coach. Uh, there was a running back prospect out of the University of Minnesota who was tailored fit for a zone blocking scheme. His name was Marion Barber. And who did uh, who did Mike Shanahan end up drafting alongside 10 Sunquist that year? Maurice Claret, who was phenomenal in the one year that he played for Ohio State, but was literally dismissed from the Ohio State team and didn't even play football for like a year. And then the Broncos, I think it was a compensatory pick at the end of the third round, took Claret. And I'm sitting in my basement as a high schooler watching the draft. You know, I was hoping for Marion Barber. I've been watching the draft for like 15, 16 years now. And I was like, Marion Barber, uh, University of Minnesota. University of Minnesota loves zone blocking just as much as, you know, the Broncos love zone. Yeah, and they took Maurice Claret. Like, oh, man. 
if you guys, I'm sure a lot of the fans listening right now remember that too. And it's just like, oh. And then uh, the only time I ever saw Marion Barber play live was when I was living outside of Denver and uh, Tim Tebow was quarterback and the Bears came to town and he ran out of bounds with like 30 seconds left and Denver got the ball back and uh, Amazing not comeback. <laughs> yeah, it was Matt Pratter like dinged like a 58 yard field goal in the end zone to send it to overtime. And then the game winner was in that same end zone that end zone seats. And it was, it was T-Bow mania, man. Like, so like the whole full circle thing of me being a teenager watching that play out, like, Oh, we could have had Marion Barber, but like him gifting us that win, you know, and eventually we went on to the playoffs and uh, mile high magic with Tebow and hitting Demarius Thomas and all that sort of stuff. I mean, and then two, and then a month and a half later, Peyton Manning comes down. <laughs> right. Right, it's funny how things play out, but you know yep. it's a full circle type thing with the the draft and everything. So, well, well, that was fun. That was a little extra um, on the draft profile, but you know sometimes you just kind of talk about the past because you know you don't want to repeat the same mistakes. Um, and I, I think I agree with Chris that drafting Darius Rush in the third round would probably not be a great move. Uh, with so few draft picks. Uh, but if he fell, you know, fifth round, sixth round, I, I would be interested because then you're getting value uh, and yeah. the risk reward becomes interesting. So, yeah, um, it's kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, um, that wraps things up for the week. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we'll, we'll come back next week and, you know, do the final sprint home to, to get ready for the draft. Uh, we'll do a few more draft profiles, and then I think we might even do a show. I don't know. We'll, I'll talk to Chris offline, see if, see if he wants to do that, but I think that would be fun. Um, either way, I'm pretty sure our, our podcasters here will, will be covering the draft, and you can catch our writing on Mile High Report as well. Um, but that's, that's all we got today. Have a great weekend, and go Broncos.